Heard. Connecting parents to connected children. Founder, Diane Parrish, sponsored by Nexus Enfield. Welcome to the Heard podcast called Heard It Through the Grapevine. My name is Mervyn Cato, the head of the Secondary Behaviour Support Service. Today's guest, we have Karen Allen, who is an author, speaker, playwright, also a mother of five, and Robert George, a family worker and a parenting guru. This episode is called Quality Time, The Truth. Karen, so currently, what challenges do you face regarding giving your children quality time? Well, I face a number of challenges. I have five children, um, varying ages, no twins in the mix, four boys, one girl. Um, So to find quality time, well, to find quality time holistically, just as a family, is a huge challenge. To find quality time individually is almost impossible, to be honest with you. But I think that has a lot more to do with my schedule, my life, my commitments, etc. Um, I do in the days that I did make it more of a priority. Um, what I found was number one, quality time with your children is beautiful. It's priceless. Um, it is those moments, and it's usually when we're eating. My family loves to eat. So it's usually when we're eating that we spend that time just getting to know each other, you know, how was your day, what's been going on, et cetera, et cetera. But I do, in in terms of the question, I find it very, very challenging because of the age groups, (laughs) because of their own commitments as they're growing up as well. And again, because of my, just because of the things that I have, have to juggle throughout the day. But in terms of, do I think it's something that's important? Do I think that it's something that should be taken as a priority? Absolutely. And it's something that I genuinely put at the top of my my prayer list. My desire list is wanting to spend more time with my children collectively as well as individually, especially as they're growing. Well, well, one of the things is, is that you, you mentioned um, eating around the table and stuff. You mentioned that. And um, Robert, I want to bring you in here because I, wanna, I want us to expose fake quality time because Karen just mentioned eating around the table. Is that quality time? That's standard, is it? So let's expose fake quality time. I think that's a good thing, Rob. So what is fake quality time, Robert? Fake quality time is uh, possibly being in the same room as your child, uh, but they haven't got your attention and uh, you haven't got theirs. So you might be in the same room together, watching television, doing whatever, but have you really got each other's attention? Yeah, I think that that could be come up definitely under the heading of fake quality time. So, so, so just put it this way, right? So I've got my son now, yeah? We're, we're, I'm going to my mother's house. Um, um, then I take him, then I take him to do some shopping, yeah, for, for, for us, obviously. Then I take him some, I take him to my mate's house, yeah, and then I, I take him to McDonald's. Um, how much of this is really real quality time, or am I just taking him on my journey, getting my little chores done? Is that real quality time? Well, that, that's a really good uh, scenario you posed. The key to quality time is, some people call it quality time, special time, uh, is are you in living in the moment? Are you listening to your child? Is your child listening to you? Is there an exchange 
of thoughts and ideas are, yeah, that's, that's the real key about what quality time is, an exchange of thoughts and ideas living in the moment. So, so, so Karen, you've, you've heard what Robert's had to say. Um, do you live in the moment? Well, the thing is, you mentioned before you went on to Robert that um, eating around the table is standard. I, I never I said that. Uh, it was a question. Oh, I, oh, oh, I thought that you were just, I was just like, in many families, this is not, some people ain't even got a table. So I do think, I do think, and I completely agree with Robert, and actually I, I was convicted as he spoke, because I thought to myself, sometimes I say to myself, look, at least I'm in the room with you lot, and then I'll just leave the room. <laughs> and then <laughs> other times... It will, but I know where I feel the most reward and I, and I get that sense from my sons especially is when I do literally take the time to capture their attention and they get to capture mine. And to be honest with you, I think the last time we did that honestly was about two weeks ago. But again, it was around food. I took them out for a meal when lockdown was lifted and we were literally just around a table having some very, very, very deep conversations. And I was able to get what they're thinking, how they're feeling, et cetera, et cetera. So I do agree. I think that there is a difference between what we deem to be quality time and what quality time actually is. Fair enough. That's, that's, that's really, you made really some really good points. But when you've got like one or two or three different children, is it important to give them individual quality time? And Robert, tell me, what could that look like? Um, and what's the benefits of it? As well what's the okay, benefits yeah. yeah it's a good question um uh, there's being uh, spontaneous so you know you can get quality time taking your kids to school and really getting into a good conversation whether you're, you're walking or driving and them telling you about something in their lives uh but there's also something where you can be intentional about it and what i mean by that is actually set up a specific time each week and this will really depend on your own personal circumstances your schedules but just to spend certain time, a lot of time with individual children or as a group. And you can do it on a weekly basis. And that way you've got more control over when that takes place. I mean, that sounds really simple, Karen. Yeah, I'm looking at your situation. You, you said you've got five children. How could people kind of juggle that? You're trying to have individual time with each, each child. What could parents do? What do you do, Karen? Do you, do you do it? What do you do? Yeah, well, well, to be honest with you, when it when it on on the in the occasions where it worked, it definitely was not once a week. In my situation, it was more like one child, one once a month. So it'd be one week for this child, the next week for that child, etc. Because again, I've got five different ages, and what it would look like is different things, just like what Robert said. So the younger ones driving them to school was a was a brilliant opportunity for me to to have conversations with them. Um, the older ones, it would again. <laughs> sometimes I have to laugh, but it's all, if I say to them, "Okay, guys, what do you want to do?" Food is always going to be at the top of the list. So it would be around lunch. Uh, my oldest is now eighteen, so I can on the days that he's not at college, breakfast may be something that we. Go I love going to a cafe. So again, it's always around something that we both enjoy, which is usually food but practically again and i have to put this out there in, in in an ideal world i know what it would look like but in my reality it's very sporadic very, very what would you need though karen as as a as a mother of five children what support network would you need to make this happen to give each child some quality times their yeah. own individual quality time 
I think it would just be around the village helping with the others, so to speak, while I'm focusing on that one. Because again, in, in, in an ideal situation, I'd want to take the one outside of the home because I'm in my household anyway, I'm always being called, I'm always being interrupted. Like having a bath itself is a luxury. So in order for it to be quality, I'd have to take the one, whoever I'm focusing on outside of um, the home, which would mean that the others would have to be watched or you know occupied or looked after whilst I'm doing that. Again, in an ideal world, that's, that's what I think is the support that would be needed. So you, you, you're, you're gonna need family, friends, you're gonna need, yeah. you're gonna have to have um, really positive relationships with people in yeah, order absolutely. for this to happen. The village, absolutely, yeah. Right. Um, well, I want to ask you something. I touched on it earlier about um, about parenting. Could you just explain what parent focused parenting look like? Sorry, adult focused parenting. If you could just um, just touch on that and what and what does child focused parenting look like and kind of put the two together? Well, Mervyn, that question kind of reminds me of uh the Caring Dads program, which uh, I've been, you know, blessed to, to run. And there's something called the parent-child continuum. And in that parent-child continuum, is a parent, when in the act of parenting, given any different scenario that's taking place uh, within the parent-child relationship, is the parent's focus on what is good for the child or what is going to be benefit the child, or is it more about what's going to benefit the parent? And you might think, well, that sounds the same, but it's not because quite often, and don't get me wrong, it's really important we understand that we do live individual lives. We have hectic schedules. We are, the life is very demanding, but when you come in from a day's work, for instance, are you really focused on interacting with your child and playing with them or kind of like acknowledging them, getting them out of the way so you can rest? And that's kind of or like go on the phone or go on the or, internet or, or watch, yeah. or watch yeah. the TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So explain that. So, so what does the other side look like? So, so basically um, you got, you got adult, adult focused parenting and what does, what should the child focused parenting look like? Child focused parenting is when a parent uh, in, interacts with their child uh, and what will happen at a time, that point in time is that they will normally stop other activities. I say normally, sorry. The best practice would be to stop other activities, whether watching television, reading a paper, you know, whatever you may be doing, and give your full attention uh, for that time to your child. And but, listen, well, but how really hard listen. is that in this day and age? Let's uh, be really... Robert, one honest. minute, one second. Yeah. In this day and age, come on. With parents got so many things to do, um, how 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 much of a reality can that be? No, I, I totally hear you, Mervin, and that's why sometimes we have to be intentional. Sp spontaneous is really good. Spontaneous is fantastic, and you can have a lot of fun. But sometimes you've got to be intentional about when those moments are, and you choose them, and you pull them out of your week. And whether it be bedtimes for maybe younger children, or uh, whether it be taking a child to a, a football game, whatever it may be, you find that time within the week and, and, and bring about that interaction. Yeah, and they got your full attention. Wow, wow.
Karen, do you want to say anything towards what Robert's just mentioned? I, I just well, thanks for that, Robert, because that really again made me think about as as you were running through it. I was running through my children, and I was thinking that it is it is genuinely a challenge. But I think that if we want to see the fruit in our children, then we have to be intentional about it. Otherwise, like, like I've seen in my own household, that the, the five year old becomes eighteen very quickly, <laughs> and yeah. you're like, when did you turn eighteen? You know, when? How did that happen? So I think that that's something that. I'll take away from this conversation that the the need to be intentional with my parenting in terms of quality time. So, 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 Rob, tell me what is the benefits do you think you can get out of giving um, quality time to your children? What is the benefit? Obviously, the short term benefits. What's the long term benefits you can get? It's forming that relationship, Merlin. Um, I think the, the 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 principal benefit, the fundamental is that building that strong relationship, and especially in the earlier years, because this holds you in good stead when they get into their teens and there's a lot more going on for our teenagers and they're willing to talk with you, they're willing to uh, tell you when there's something going on in their lives. So, yeah, that is the, the long-term benefit, I would say, yeah. And plus I mean, family life becomes more fun. Yeah, obviously, um, we've learned from our parents. I don't know if there's a child or adult who haven't learned. So how important, I mean, Karen, how important do you think modeling is? Um, do you believe your children model you in what you do? Yeah, definitely. And, and something Robert just said there about, especially in the younger years, I think that because I was blessed to do that, to, to have my quality time was much more when they were younger because I homeschooled my children for a number of years. So I was able to be much more intentional so I've seen the fruit of that now that they're, they're, you know, I'm the way that I react with my, interact with my boys, especially at their age, I know that I'm blessed because of the seeds that I've sown. So I do see my children reflect me in terms of how I deal with, how I handle situations, even the way they interact with each other, I hear myself, which can be very scary at times. But I think modeling is, is something that we take for granted, but something that is even more powerful than the words that we speak, that they watch what we do, how we treat others, how we treat them, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's powerful. Well, the thing about it, I mean, you've got to look at it. Um, did you get quality time when you were ch a child? And the thing no. about it, the, the issue that some of us get, we, 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 we fall back, we, we go back in years and we think, okay, we act like our parents. And right. we know that our children, or, you know, they're going to act like us. Yeah. And it is helping generations. If we give them quality time, um, hopefully when they have children, they will give them quality time as well. So, so what sort of action plan, Robert, would you, what sort of action plan do we have to put in place to, to kind of put quality time, make quality time a part of our, our lives? Right. I mean, that, that's really good, Mervyn. And what I would say to parents is this. First and foremost, you have to understand the dynamics of your home. And if there's two parents, one parent, grandparents, uh, the extended family, a network around you. So you have to understand, you know, what you have to work with. That's, that, that's number one. And it's, 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 it's soul searching. and It really is about self-examination, which at the best of times is not easy with our busy lifestyles. Secondly, we look at where we have those openings within our week and sometimes it may mean taking the turning the television off 
and calling a family meeting. I'm not saying it's something you do frequently, but it may be a family meeting for all us to sit together and everybody gets to be heard. So it really is about, this is about design. So yeah. it's parents understanding yourselves. And I can't stress enough about individualism because at, ultimately we've all got individual lives. We're all individuals and our children are individuals. So you have to know and understand the temperature of your home. Yeah, I hope that makes sense. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just got to come back to you. You mentioned, did you mention family meeting? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Family meetings. There's, that's a big one. Okay. So before you have a family meeting, um, and I I promote family meetings. We've we've done it in our house. What sort of environment should be in your house before you have a family meeting? What 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 should that look like? Is that one for me, Murphy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna, Karen. You probably want to get in here. What's really, really important about family meetings is it's done in a way that's not seen as controlling or somebody's in trouble or coercive, but it's actually a time of fun, of coming together. And, you know, in those meetings, if done correctly, everybody can be heard from the youngest to the eldest. And you can bring in structures. You can have things about, you know, chores, you know, and things about holidays and what we're going to do this weekend or we can take turns in cooking. There's so many different things you can use that space for. But if could you, you just come in... Sorry, Rob, could you just, give, me, you, could, could you just give us some basic rules, um, family meeting rules, just basic rules? Just to... <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I think it's really good to sit down and actually say to family, we're going to be, especially if you don't already do it, we're going to be introducing a family meeting into the home and explain to them then yeah. what it's about. That's really key. It's only going to last 30 minutes and you may even want to have a little toy mic. Those things are always fun. And who's ever got the mic has the say. And that's really good. And the kids really get into that. And it's so important because you're empowering your children at the same time. And then set the topic, set the agenda for the meeting. Don't go over the time and don't use it as a point of scolding your children or actually of uh, using the power and control <laughs> at that point. Yeah. Karen, a few you key to, tips. Oh, thank, thank you very much for that, Robert. That's, that's brilliant. Karen, do you want to really add good. anything? We're, we're talking about family meetings at the moment, which is really yeah, key. So really key. do you want to touch um, anything, Again, that, that's something, it's just bringing back memories. When my kids were younger, that was standard. I used to call it, it was family meeting stroke deep talk. So I'd be like, okay, we're going to have deep talks. And then initially they would all squirm like, no, please because sometimes I would really go deep like you know in like we would talk about stuff that they'd rather not talk about but it always 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 opened them up to speak so I think what Robert said was that was key was the timing don't drag it out with kids you can't drag it out with kids because they'll definitely not look forward to the next time and giving them I didn't I didn't give everyone a mic but it was like whoever's got their hand up they're the ones that speak him um so giving all of them an opportunity to speak. Again, like Robert said, from the eldest to the youngest. And it was never a time for me to dictate unless I said specifically, okay, we're having a family meeting, for example, about chores. And then this is what I'd like to see. And then I'd give them all an opportunity to input in, okay, what, what do you want to do? What do you? But I find that things like that work more effectively than me saying, okay, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this. Because with 
we're empowering them, I get to say, yeah, but you chose it. You're the one that chose it. I didn't choose it. So I think family meetings are, are ace. Absolutely. Yeah, they are. And, and a good tool to use. I'm the first time we had a family meeting in my house, my, my house was actually turmoil. My, my son was 13 years old, my daughter was around seven, and my other little daughter was around um, four. And me and my wife, we had this family meeting because my kids were just at war with each other. It was, it was just crazy, you know. And then we, we, we put this tool in place. And this tool in place was called Stop, Start, Continue. So everybody would write down what they wanted to stop, what they wanted to start, and what they wanted to continue, what was already working to continue it. So what we what we done, everybody was writing down for 10 minutes, was helping our little four-year-old write down her stop, starts, continue. Everybody would write it down. And, and one of the rules were is that I'm not daddy today, and that's not mummy today. We're all on the same level for this family meeting. And we mustn't talk over each other, and we all must, re must respect what each other says. And we had that meeting, and I'll never forget my son, what he actually did. He was, he, was just, he was just turning like 12 into 13, and he wrote down on his piece of paper, he said, um, Dad, would you stop, because remember it's stop, start, continue, would you stop coming into my room without knocking the door? You know, and that was a very difficult time for me. When he said that, I thought, in my head, I was saying, yeah, but I pay the bills. But I remember the <laughs> rules were everybody's on the same level and he's going through his little puberty thing, you know, and I had to respect that. I've got to knock on the door. So these things, these family meetings, and I'll tell you what, we've done that family meeting and my house was fantastic for at least six months. It was brilliant. So family meetings work. And as I said, that tool, stop, start, continue. Just getting everybody to write their little issues. So if, if you've got little Johnny, who is um, who's maybe struggling, we're putting out the bins every Monday or whatever, you know, if, if he takes one of your stops and you take one of his starts, then you can actually, you know, work together. And once you've got your document and it's, and it, and it's written and you put it on the fridge and everybody can see everybody stop, start, continue, then it's a little bit more clearer. Does that make sense, Karen? Yeah, it's really good. That's a really, really, really good. I remember when you shared that with me. And again, that worked in my household for a while too. So that's a very, very powerful tool. So we got, a, we got an action plan. We got an action plan in place. And basically what we want to, um, um, just, just with your experience, what short, sort of things should we be doing um, to promote quality, quality time? What, what can we do tomorrow with our kids to promote quality times, which is engaging? Robert? Again, I'm going to start with, it sound a bit like a broken record. It's understanding the temperature of your home, what's currently happening, you know, mm. what's your engagement like with your children? You know, are, do you have fun together? And I think uh, it can be a point where just getting all the kids together and say, look, we're going to do something different. And then maybe you want to explain it that way. Or you can say, you know, for instance, on a Saturday afternoon, we're going to switch the TV off, preferably not during football or when something <laughs> they like on. Not during okay. football, no. <laughs> <laughs> or something they like on. And maybe stopping to introduce Monopoly or something like that. So 
I, I, I get what you're saying. So as the parent taking the lead, it's about, again, looking at the week and where can we introduce a change that's going to be fun for them or they can actually suggest something that's fun and something they'd like to do be even better. Good, good. Karen, is there anything you, you're going to change or enhance or, you know? <laughs> or, or begin? Um, <laughs> I think, again, based on, if I just look at the, the climate in my house right now, I think one of, the, like I said, we went out, we went out two weeks ago. Um, and one of the things that the boys said at that um, family meeting timeout was that they'd love to do bowling which I was quite shocked because I was like, I didn't think that you lot would still, because I used to do that when they were five, six, seven. So I didn't think 15, 16, 17, you know, they'd still want to do it. But I think that one of the things I want to implement is being intentional about having quality time together as a family, which I have not been recently. So that's something that I'm going to take away from this. Yeah, and I, and I think really being involved in their interest is something really important. You know, mm -hmm. I've got I've got relationships still with with my nephews that are they they're grown up now, 25 and 30, and I always talk about their interests, the things that they've been interested in all their years, and I think yeah. that kind of builds a bond. You know, every yeah. time you see them, you talk to them about their interests and how they're getting on with the things that they're interested in. Yeah. I think that's really important um, for them. So, 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 Robert um, and Karen, thank you very much. Um, um, one of the things I just want to tell everybody, please follow us on Twitter at Herd Enfield or Facebook addresses forward slash Herd Enfield. Please follow us. Um, Robert, do you just want to finish off of a summarise? you just want to summarise anything? I suppose the key is, is in whatever you do, and I think, Mervyn, you really uh, hit the nail on the head when you spoke about a child's interest, and it really is important to actually draw out from our children and actually do we understand or do we know what their interests are so that's so key to the whole special time the whole development of relationship and and, and just family life so yeah Mervyn, I, I would say that that's a key aspect of any parent's role is to actually develop your child's interest yeah that's a really good one thank you very much karen and robert for following us this is this is Mervyn Cato um, at Heard, and this is Heard It Through the Grapevine. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you, Mervyn. And Karen, thank you.